Hello, everyone, and welcome up to episode 370. We're only 30 away from episode 400. And before we get too much into this crazy episode, just throw out there that we saw some love given to us by our listeners on Stitcher. Um, user B. Jason says, The concept isn't new, and the guests that Nick used are interchangeable, but the weird drinking game and the intros alone always make me laugh before they get into the deep, geeky, probably too geeky analysis. Some of my favorite reoccurring guests are Kyle and Nathan. Look forward to their last Jedi review. Well, B. Jason, I hope you heard our last Jedi review. You can find it, if you haven't, at gbgpodcast.com or anywhere else podcasts can be listened to, like Stitcher and iTunes. And I, I hope that uh, you enjoyed our last Jedi review as well. I, I I feel that compared to a lot of stuff out there, that our review is could be a could be dividing compared to what most people are saying. But you, not to say that we don't have our own critiques and whatnot, but uh, give it a listen if you haven't already. And also, like B. Jason here, do you love having your name shout out over the internet into a geeky podcast show? To be fair, B. Jason, I don't think knew that I was going to do that. I found it by pure accident. And But I do want to do stuff like this. I want to say thank you to our fans who take the time. You know, that only took B. Jason probably, I'm going to guess, maybe about not even a minute to do, which is just leave us a review. And I want to say thank you to him. Uh, by just reading his review on the show and just saying, you know, you guys, I would be more than happy to shout love to you guys in our geeky little podcast show, The Good, The Bad, and Geeky. And if you, if that's something you're interested in, well, you're in luck. All it takes is a review of our podcast. Head over to iTunes or Stitcher or anyone else you can think of. And if you give us a great review and say some stuff, we'll read it on the show. How rad is that? I think it's pretty damn rad. And uh, if we don't say it on the air within, I would say, a month or two, give or take, be sure to email me at goodbaggeeky at gmail.com, point out where the review is, and say, hey, Nick, you're a freaking duty head, and you need, to, you need to read off how awesome I said that you are, because I think you're awesome. And w- remember, people, if we're all winning, it's because we're all awesome. That makes no sense. So you know what? Take a drink. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out our drinking game. Uh, like B. Jason said, you know, I do sometimes wonder uh, regarding that, like, does that make a lot of sense? I feel like we're saying people in a rabbit hunt sometimes about the drinking game when I say that, but it's almost guaranteed every episode that I'm going to mess up something. I'm going to miss say something. I'm going to whatever. And it's, it's also just a really great shorthand. I should probably put that in the show notes somewhere. Reformulate, uh, see, take it, take, you should take like two drinks right there because I, I couldn't get that word out. But all kidding aside, uh, I really, really should put that on the gbgpodcast.com page. So anytime you click on a link to our fine program, so say, let's just go like right now, if we check out the most recent web page and post, I should say, which I believe features the wonderful Amanda Iman, it's part two of our Isle of Dogs, our love fest, if you will, and then conversation about many, many other crazy geeky things. And you click on read more. It has tons of great stuff, how you can find us on iTunes, Android, Google Play, Stitcher, email, uh, RSS feeds, all that. There's show notes, just pretty much a rough idea of things we talked about, how you can support some of our guests like Amanda Iman from Amanda's Picture Show Go-Go, which I'll talk about that here in a little bit. And of course, show credits. But I should probably put somewhere in that area right there like, hey... You know, hear something about the drinking game. You know, this is what you should probably, this is what you can do. All right. 
But with that said, it's time to plug our other friends. Not you guys at home. You guys are our friends, but uh, uh, you guys are just as awesome. But I'm talking about the people who are, are very, very good friends of the show, the overall show itself that are not listeners. Well, necessarily. You know what I mean. Wow, I'm just like digging a hole. So you know what? Take a drink for that. Mad Lab Theater has something that I think you'll dig coming up called Theater Roulette in its 19th year, Central Ohio's longest running shorts festival. Mad Lab presents three very distinct nights of new works. We like to, the theme this year is past, present, future, rotating over three weekends, accumulating in the final day where all three nights of programming are performed in one day. So showtimes are 8 p.m. except for May 26, when they are 2, 4, and 8 p.m. So the show dates are Thursday, May 10th, Friday, May 11th, Saturday, May 12th, Thursday, May 17th, Friday, May 18th. I hit it. Uh, hit the microphone to take a drink. And Saturday, May 19th, Thursday, May 24th, Friday, May 25th, and then Saturday, May 26th. Tickets are $18 for general admission, $15 for students and senior citizens. And if you're a MATLAB member, $13. And I got to say, not only am I in the ensemble, but I'm also a MATLAB member. So I get some really cool discounts on tickets. So you should join in on the fun. For more information, go to madlab.net. And if you want more information on the tickets themselves, go to madlab.net forward slash tickets.html. For links on how to check out our other friends like Packrat Comics and uh, go to our website under the show notes, that is over at gbgpodcast.com. Our official sponsor of the show is Audible. With over 200,000 titles to choose from, you get 30 days of membership free plus a book to get you started. And then after that, it's one credit a month after your trial. Good for any book regardless of the price. And it's ad-free premium audio that you can listen to online, no interruption. So you get no yahoos like me saying, buy my book, buy my book. None of that. You own the amazing library. Whatever you buy with your credit or other books on top of that, you get to keep, even if you cancel your membership. And you also get 30% off an exclusive member-only savings. And you know what? Don't love a book? Swap it for free anytime. Guys, this is so simple. Easy exchanges, you know, a credit a month, ad-free premium audio. It, it's awesome, right? Are you interested? Well, it's just as easy. All you got to do is, do you have an Amazon account? Sure you do. It's why Toys R Us and other places are going out of business because you want to shop smart. You want to not leave the comfort of your home and get something of quality quickly. And I get it. I do. That's why Amazon Prime is awesome too. But sign into Audible with your Amazon account. Sign up for your free trial over at audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. Choose your free book, download the Audible app, and start enjoying the new audiobook of your choice. And last but not least, in terms of our friends, do you know that we are proud members of the It's All Been Done Presents Network? Well, <laughs> speaking of the network, do you have a vague remembrance of Bare Naked Ladies from the late 90s and early aughts? If you do, then you're in good company. Join friends Evan and Saker as they hazily stumble through every single Bare Naked Ladies song one week at a time, from the first album to the last, driving themselves insane along the way. Which, I don't know, I'm, I'm, that, that kind of upsets me, so I want to find out what it's all about. So, do you know anything about BNL like Nick does? That's probably more than they do. Strap in for pet theories about vampires, retirement homes, murders, and more with It's All Been Done's A Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Check them out, along with all our programs that IABD presents. All right. Now, I owe some gratitude to today's silent partner, and I will mean that quite literally. For those of you who knew the poop, the scoop, all by just following me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, know pretty damn well how defeating the last podcast uh, was recording-wise for almost two weeks. Now, first off, we had Amanda Iman on, who is on, from her podcast, Amanda's Picture Show, A Go-Go, and many others. You can check out at amandaagogo.com, and we talked about A Wrinkle in Time. If you listen to the episode, though, you will know that the audio is not great 
and due to a lapse on my end somehow, and I don't know how I did it, but the audio is not the greatest and it makes me a sad panda. But nothing was as bad as when we had Eric Sternberger on. If you know Eric, Eric is usually on for the Star Wars episodes and he's just a really great guy. And eventually at some point, I hope you'll hear us uh, on the RPG podcast that I'm throwing together. But again, you didn't hear that from me. Anyway, but we were both kind of looking forward to kind of at the time Pacific Rim Uprising. And then we got together and we talked about it. But funny story about that particular this particular episode is just in how it's recorded. I think we canceled the session three times before selling on our final date because I re- I try to schedule these these podcast things months in advance, months in advance, meaning I try to schedule these out best I can because we're all busy people um, about a month before. Actually, it's usually about two, three months before, especially for summer movies. And uh, people sign up for them. And then once we have like three or four people, and sometimes I'll, I'll even take more and then we'll we'll kind of cut it off. And then we have people, we were, people are booked for the show. I kind of need my own professional booker. You know what I mean? But I was stupid. And about a month close to the date, I realized that I overbooked for a rehearsal for Theater Roulette, which I am in, uh, not only as a Mad Lab member, but also as a director. And uh, something was interfering with that. And so... I suggested another night, which he said yes to. And then he realized, you know what? No, that's a bad night for me now. And so on and so forth. And we we switched it up about three separate times. And because it's surprising how much, you know, people do things on Easter weekend. It's crazy, isn't it? Anyway, uh, again, that's how that's how kind of uh, we were working hard. We, were, we scheduled it for Easter at one point. And again, we weren't paying attention that it was Easter weekend. It was just another Saturday in March. But I digress. Point is, we finally did record it. But not in person, which is weird. I don't usually do that. Eric, if I remember correctly too, offered to record his audio from his end. And I said, no, I got this. I've done this before. You guys heard it up there. The interview with Kevin Beigel. Beagle, Beagle, who he, ha, ho, ho, take a drink. You know that I've, I recorded that over the phone. I recorded it over Skype and the phone with my iPhone, which is, so literally I hooked up my audio equipment to my iPhone and, you know, oh dear Lord. So, I even recorded a test call uh, with a Skype test call system and it picked it up just fine. So when I recorded the show, you hear nothing from Eric at all. Like if you thought the Amanda podcast, which starts off, this is a, imagine I'm Amanda. Hello, I'm Amanda. Hello, 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 hello. Where it sounds like she's going in and out of the microphone. This is not like that at all. It's like, OMG, it's a one-sided conversation. So I thought all, I mean, Time-wise, it was great to hang out with my friend and talk to him, but I was like, oh my God, podcast-wise, this was a waste for Eric and I both, even though we just had a blast talking and hanging out over Skype. So it was a perk in that regard, but I was just so sad that we can't share it. And he'll, Eric one day pinged me, and we were still, again, we're still kind of lamenting over it, um, about the great sadness that overhangs D4K Studios regarding it. And, it. and he just said, you know what? It'd be super funny if you just release the episode anyway. And after much thinking and then being super busy, not having enough time to do it, right here is the show. So yeah, I hope you enjoy best you can. And by the way, I'm not kidding when I say this, this is literally just me talking to Eric, but you can't hear Eric. It's an hour or so conversation and I cannot make this up. This is the proof. And I also said I would plug Amanda for the gaff with the wrinkle on time audio mix up. And I meant that you can check out her stuff at amandaagogo.com. And, and now I can throw Eric onto that list. So really you guys just, my, my, my fellow guests and fans who are listening, if you ever want to be on the show and you have something to plug, make sure that somehow there's an audio gaff 
um, and I'll plug the shit out of your stuff. So check out Aaron, Eric's website. That's uh, www.ericsternberger.com. That's E-R-I-K-S-T-E-R-N-B-R. Wow, B-E-R-G.com. Let me repeat that again because uh, you should have taken a drink and I'm stupid. E-R-I-K-S-T-E-R-N-B-E-R-G.com. And I was explaining this concept to somebody else because they're just like, are you really going to do that? And I was like, yes. And I think the best way to describe it is it's the good, the bad, and the geese at attempt at an art piece. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Think Garfield minus Garfield. So here's me being John Arbuckle crazy in this episode where John Arbuckle discusses Pacific Rim Uprising with Garfield, but Garfield ain't there. And John Arbuckle, it me. Roll it. during that bit that was not cut out apparently and then don't and then uh in the intro we're talking about pacific rim which is or pacific rim 2 aka pacific rim uprising um which is the sequel to the surprise the 2013 film pacific rim uh directed and written by gilmore del toro and this time it stars uh john boyega uh yeah geez who else uh scott eastwood yeah, which was, uh, was he the, uh, his one former, uh, his former co-worker, not co-worker, but you know, yeah, the former pilot of the Jaeger, um, so, uh, yeah, not Jake, Jake Pentecost is the son of, uh, Stacker Pentecost, who was, uh, Iris Elba in the last film, who, if, if you've seen the films, if you haven't, I don't know why are you listening to this, first off, I, I mean, I don't understand the concept of that, but, because this is a sequel, he died at the end of that movie, and it's kind of like, it's only like the first 10 minutes that he died, so if, yeah. But, well, right, and it's also the first 10 minutes that they just kind of cram that down in your throat, that, oh yeah, your your dad's dead. <sighs> yeah, it was, it was. Well, so, I mean, I guess we should start off with this, like, just a quick, a quick hit. What did, did you like the movie, or or was it, like, how how in comparison was it to the first one, and just in general? Yeah. Yeah, sadly we not. Yeah. Well, I think they were trying to keep the s- surprise. And so, yeah, again, spoilers. There's a, The surprise is that the, the kaiju are actually, they've learned how to, uh, and we'll get to more of this on how, but uh, they found a way to actually create their own Jaegers and pilot them. And so I think that was maybe the surprise. And, and we talked about this on Facebook. The trailer made it look like the monsters can rebuild themselves bigger and badder. And, and of course, that's not actually what happened. There's some other stuff that goes on that kind of helped that made it made the monster bigger. But um, yeah, it, it's bizarre. And, and I, I agree with that. I, I wasn't expecting the world building as much. Um, I, I mean, yeah, the tone is different, too, is that like the scale of everything. Yeah, they're world building, but the scale feels a lot smaller somehow and and part of it i think is they well i mean they focus on pentecost and the the dude of the guy from sons of anarchy i can't think of his name uh right now from the first movie but yeah charlie Hunnam. 
they they focused on his character and and Pentecost's daughter, uh, adopted daughter. Uh, that hmm. yeah, she. Uh, but so they. But the scope of that one is like I felt like they fought monsters like all over the world in that one, and it's just mass scale destruction. But also, there's also kind of a personal story here, there too. Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah. Oh, was it? Was it only two in the first one? Night. Oh, night. Gotcha. Jen. Yeah. Okay. Which I mean, and that again, night shots. They're they're easier for visual effects, and co- the cost is easier too. And I know. That was a big thing with the last movie, is domestically it didn't do as well here, but it did huge everywhere else, and that's one of the reasons why we have a sequel. Yeah, which is kind of sad. I mean, I didn't hate it. Yeah, but I, I don't think Star Wars is as big in China. Like, in, Well, I, I read an article saying that they look at the movie Black Panther, and they see, oh, this isn't a film that celebrates this, this, and that. It, we just see it as a film that celebrates American ideals. And, you know, that's not... And I'm like, really? And and once they... Once, uh, I forget the person who reported it. They, they put it from their perspective. I was like, well, I, I guess so. I, I, I never thought... I would never look at that movie that way. But I guess in their eyes, yeah, it's true. So I wonder if Star Wars is something similar. But, but at the same time, it's still huge everywhere else. So I, I, I don't know. That's it's bizarre. It is. Uh, you would figure, yeah. But, but isn't that more Japanese than Chinese? Yeah, so... Yeah. But... Yeah, they did. Oh, uh, well, but she turns into the hero at the end a little bit, which is cool. Well, I, I mean, I kind of felt that there was some stuff that might have been cut out of that f- from her. Or I, That was the other thing, too. There were, and I don't know how to explain this. Like, I tried talking to Sarah, because Sarah, uh, my wife, has only seen the first Pacific Rim, and she doesn't really seen a lot of other Gilmore Del Toro movies. And I, I feel like Del Toro has a way of doing exposition, even in a film like Pacific Rim, where the characters say cheesy things, and the actors, it might sound cheesy out of context, but, yeah, something like that, but it sounds really badass when you see it in context of the movie, and I felt like the problem for me in this one is, and nothing, because Stephen D. Knight has, I mean, I think he did the first season of Daredevil, and I've not seen, was it Spartacus, Blood, and whatever, Fun show. Well, and I heard that, but and so I'm. I don't know if it's necessarily blaming him on this, but, but again, he's one one of the credited writers. So I'm not sure if it's him, Emily Carmichael, Kira Snyder, or T. S. Nolan, or whoever. But I feel like Del Toro found a way to make that not cheesy. And this time, like all the lines, like you just are in my back of my head. I'm going like, oh, oh, this doesn't. Yeah, and and I, I think I think that's something that kind of hurts the film. And and I, I like I like Boyega, but I felt like the parts of the movie that bothered me is when he was trying too hard to be like action movie star cool. And when interesting, okay. Ooh, I don't uh, I don't now see. This is where you and I disagree on that then, because I I I want him to be Harrison Ford. I'm fine with him doing that, but I felt like. Some of the stuff, like, towards the end of the movie, once the, the Jaegers attack the base in China, his little quips and quos are fine. I don't feel like they were, they didn't weren't, they weren't cheesy, or they just felt like they were okay. And the stuff with the little girl were okay, but I just felt like stuff around that, it was, the ice, oh, actually, that was the, okay, 
that was actually the first that was actually the first scene where I didn't groan or I internally didn't groan because I was like because I felt he was a little bit more relaxed or I, I it's really weird because the stuff with the girl he's trying to do it but it again I feel like I don't know it didn't bother me as much but like during the intro which did go on really long and some of the quips or quotes I was like because he's still in narration mode I was like oh man this I feel like you're Jake Gyllenhaal on Sands of Time trying to be like hit movie action star and it what from yeah it w- well it wasn't working for me but I didn't think he was bad in it that's the weird thing I just I didn't I kind of blame more the dialogue and because I could also tell too when he would not do the script you know because uh, I listened to an interview with him on ID10T or formerly Nerdist and he kind like so the best scene I can remember it from though is when he's with the girl after at the end of the movie they crash land on the mountain they kill the Jaeger or kill the Jaeger and they kill the monster the kaiju and him and the girl are just throwing snowballs at each other and his complete character t- tone of how the character talks is it's just like him John Boyega and I was like oh that's okay I had no problem with it and there's a few times when he does that it's okay but it, again I think it's more the dialogue I, I don't know I don't know and I really I do like Boyega though I, I do like Boyega that's the weird thing yeah sorry yeah, that was surprising. <laughs> yeah. I did too. They didn't make him Iceman from Top Gun. Well, I felt like that's what they were trying to make you feel like that's where it was going to go. And then when they didn't do it, um, I was kind of relieved. Though I still wanted to see... Because usually in a movie like this, they do the flashback where you see what happened officially between them. And I kind of like that they... Oh, no, it really wasn't. Matter of fact, you just... I think by the end, they just said that he he just... he I think he ran away or he got kicked out. Because the way they made it is that he he just quit or ran away. And it's like, oh, no, he got kicked out for trying to do a Jaeger by himself. And it destroyed some stuff. And I was like, oh, that really isn't as big as you'd think it would be. Because at the time, I was like, they're going to do the flashback. And at some point, him, he's going to punch Scott Eastwood out. And and then they're going to be bros again. And it's like, no, 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 that doesn't happen. They share a weird Sunday together and with sprinkles. Right, which is nice. Like, yeah, which he, like he really genuinely liked him and thought he was a good pilot, but he didn't live up to his, he didn't live up to what he knew he could be, which was, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, I was a little bummed by that too. Um, well, Yeah. I, yeah, oh man, I like the, uh, well, also, I felt like, and again, this was the bigger surprise for me in the movie, was, I, like, I missed there being more kaiju, and, but again, part of that was, and I think that, I actually, I'm kind of glad that they didn't ruin that in the trailer, which is, and I think if they showed it, you're just like, oh, it's a new Jaeger, excuse me, no, but you didn't think about it, you're, you didn't think it would be the bad guy, because they focused on the part of the final fight. Um, which, again, I'm glad they did, but I was surprised about the Jaeger. As a matter of fact, I was like, oh my god, I don't think the kaiju are really going to show up. Are they just going to do a flashback of the Jaeger? That will be the Jaegers fighting the kaiju, and that's how he got kicked out? Because, uh, because halfway through, I was like, oh no, I just don't want to see Jaegers fighting Jaegers. That, to me, is kind of boring. I don't know why, but then I was like, wait, they are? Or then I was like, wait, what if they are kaiju? And then there's that freaky-ass scene... With Charlie Day's Newt making it, doing it with Alice. And I was like, oh, God, no. Yes, yes, which was way awesome, yeah. Yep, yep, you're 100% right. Yeah, I, I'll i go with that. 
Yeah, I uh, I'll agree. I agree with that one hundred percent. Which to me, I oh, man. And I know that they are going for more sequels, or that's how they ended. I don't know if they're going to get one. And if they do, again, it's kind of like, I feel like Pacific Rim and the movie Cars, they're similar in that the, locally, domestically, they don't do great. But everywhere else, like, you know, internationally, they, they're, they're, they're money. And so if we get any sequels for, for this one, I think it'll be because, it'll be, be because of that. And I'm not going to lie, I do want to see where it ends. I, I am bummed because I loved Charlie Day's new character so much in the first film. And Del Toro did say, he's like, he will probably be the main bad guy through the series. I mean, when he did interviews, and that, that broke my heart. I was like, oh, give him a redemption, something, or, which they, which, wh- oh, yeah, and uh, is it, was it Gottlieb, got the, the uh, uh, Herman, yeah, which I thought was really cool, there, and there is a great moment where he's like, uh, Gottlieb uh, goes to New, and he's like, hey, I need your help, and then he realizes, oh, shit, you've been taken over by, was it the Penta, the Precursors? Yeah, they're, they're taking over your mind. They're, they're more in control than you are at this point. And he's choking him. He's like, I'm really sorry to do this. And he's about ready to kill him. And then he has to run away. Thank God. Which, and I'm going like, oh, don't kill him either. Like, But I like that too because Herman was known to be the lesser of the two scientists. And so they're building him up to actually, which I like that too. I, I thought it was really well done. and I, I But again, I am kind of sad to see Charlie Day's character because I, I, I like Charlie Day as part of it, and I liked his character. So that was one of those things I was like, oh, he's the bad guy. But I'm hoping, yeah, if they do more, they can do a redemption story or something. Like, he's still the bad guy, but like he does a Vader turn last moment and, you know, I don't know, gives them one last little push. But that's me projecting. I'm also fine with he just is straight up kooky nuts, too, because he did a good job in this movie of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Yeah. Right, which was really, yeah, because that, yeah, because he looked up to them like the rock stars, and he was, yeah, him and him and Herman both were kind of fanboys, him more than Herman. That's right. See, I really need. Well, that's one of the things I thought was really cool. Is my wife really loved the first one, and that's one of the few films. Did, did she did she watch Uprising with you? Or I gotcha, I gotcha. No, I, I understand. By the way, can I just also point out that movies anywhere is stepping up their game. I bought a movie from uh, Amazon Prime, and it just instantly showed up in my Movies Anywhere app. That's pretty pretty boss. I because I, it also it shows up in my iTunes Store purchases, which I'm like, that's awesome. Sorry, random side note. That I yeah. What? No. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> oh, that is um. That's awesome. That's totally awesome. Okay, well, that's that's awesome to know. Uh, do you know the website where you can get those, or is that like a need-to-know kind of thing? HD movie codes? Okay. Well, getting back to Pacific Rim, because I thank you, by the way, for that, because uh, as a Godzilla fan, I really love that they included Mount Fuji. <laughs> because that was always something to do, Not, I mean, not all the time, but in some of the well more well-known Godzilla movies, especially when it's not Godzilla himself, like uh, Ghidorah, the Three-Headed Monster... Well, I mean, Godzilla vs. Mothra, or Godzilla vs. The Thing, depending on which one you look at it, whatever title, it's the same movie. Uh, It's, uh, yeah, I'm talking about the original, not the 92 version. The Mount Fuji is a huge part of that, or it plays a minor, minor role. It's always included, like, because I think, was it, Rodan is buried at the base of Mount Fuji, 
And, oh, and actually, there's two Ghidorah movies. I think it was at Monster Zero, Godzilla's buried at the base of Mount Fuji. There's always something about Mount Fuji where, like, the major battle happens or one of the monsters is sleeping there. Actually, I think in the original Rodan, I think it's, like, one of the subsets of Mount Fuji. Rodan was buried there, too. And you're just like, oh, this is just a great little... And I, I, the thing is, Mount Fuji is one of the biggest mountains in Japan. So it's also like they're skate. They're they're, they're pro- I, again. I don't know Japan that well, but I'm making the assumption of it's like major landmark in Japan as a mountain. You only have Mount Fuji, so maybe that is all they're doing. But I still love the shit out of it. Oh, uh, I it, that was I did enjoy that a great deal. Well, it's also produced by Legendary as well. Like it's distributed by uh, Universal, but Legendary is the one who's doing it. I mean, I do wonder how that would work because if Universal is distributing Pacific Rim, the one that actually just matters about who makes the film. Like, yeah, Legendary is the main producer behind Godzilla, King Kong, and the MonsterVerse. So I wonder, I wonder, and I'm hoping that I'm hoping that well, Universal needs a win in the MonsterVerse category because I haven't seen the Mummy, but I heard it's horrible, and they did kill their MonsterVerse outside of that. So, well. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. The, well, to me, they're all monsters. So I, I'm being... I, but officially, I think they are calling it the MonsterVerse for, like, the kaiju stuff, like Godzilla, King Kong. But yeah, the Dark Universe, which, in theory, good idea, but poor in execution. But he's got to karate chop that air, Eric. He's got to run. But, I mean, because he's so good at it. He can outrun a sandstorm. Surely he can outrun a mummy. Well, okay... Because I haven't seen it, did he end up becoming the new mummy by the end of the movie? Of the mummy. I kind of figure. see, I guessed that just by watching the trailer. I was like, let me guess, he's dead, but he wakes up because he has the power of the mummy, but she, like, probably needs it to complete the rest of her powers or something. The f- oh, the first time he dies. Well, that's so, honestly, if you don't like Tom Cruise, maybe the mummy is a good movie to see. Uh... Oh, that's true. And it's in the, it is actually a fantastic movie. And I'm very interested to see where they're going to do the what they're going to do with the sequel. Well, I just remember okay, what so was the title originally supposed to be Live Die Repeat or was it Edge of Tomorrow? I get the I get get it confused because I thought or or all you need is it's something yeah, I just remember the movie came out in theaters as Edge of Tomorrow and then it came out on Blu-ray DVD as Live Die Repeat Edge of Tomorrow. And I, I remember there was some big brouhaha about what the name was always supposed to be versus what it was versus what it is now. All you need is kill. I so weird. Uh, well, I mean, so do I. I will say, though, like, it is a good movie. And I know Cruz... Here's the thing. I can't shit on Cruz for the Mummy 100% because at some point, some of his choices are actually good choices for the movies he's in. It, so Because a lot of people are like, well, you let Tom Cruise go too far. I was like, well, that might be, but... His track record is rather good when it comes to this kind of stuff. Maybe not sci-fi, whatever, but, you know, like, I enjoy the Mission Impossible movies. I mean, I'm actually, I feel like, when, well, yeah, in fact, when the new movie comes out, I actually am really excited to see it. I'm kind of bummed Jeremy Renner's not in it, but, what? No. Is it just the weight of the Marvel Universe kind of thing? It's just like, okay, we're, yeah. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. I... Well, they just I just want to see I want to see good endings first because they have to be ending some of the characters. They have to be. So I I do want to see 
I just, I hope to see something like that, but we'll, uh, we'll see. So, yeah, so, uh, by the way, Mako, who I think was that, is it Jing Tang, Jang, Jang Tian? Tian, the actress, I think, I'm not sure. Rinko Kikuchi. Uh, her, I was bummed that her character died too. <sighs> that bummed me, actually. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, and, oh, man. Yeah. It's a file. <sighs> yeah, that. It, I, I kind of wish there was another character from the first movie that we could have that wasn't the scientist because they're needed in different ways outside of her that you could. You could have like even if it was like a minor one, like they that they they could. I felt it would have been way better for to see them get sacrificed than her. What happened to the Charlie or not the yeah the Charlie Hunnam character? Because I don't remember them saying anything about him directly, but I don't remember the. Okay, well, doesn't didn't Mako work for the UN? Wasn't that part of the of her working with you know, the PPDC or something? Okay, that's right. Yeah, like what? Yeah, what? What happened? Like they could have brought him back. Book names, yeah. Was it, what? Yeah, but like why they they should have they could have easily brought one of them back or have something where it looks like the helicopter went down and then as they're running to it, then it explodes and you're like, oh wait, no, she's still alive, but barely. And, like, do a Leia to her, where she's out for half the movie, and then after they decode the file, and that's when she wakes up, and you're like, yay, the heart lives another day, and, yeah. <sighs> See, uh, oh, and also, what, they, oh, man, they, I wish they didn't get rid of what's-his-name, too, um, because he was still alive by the end of the movie, uh, but again, I don't, Del Toro wasn't officially doing the movie directly. Oh, I can't think of his name, and I feel really, Ron Perlman. Like, like, I actually... That'd be awesome if they bring him back in the next movie, uh, Gottlieb does, to help him fight off Newt in his... I mean, they have Newt, but... Well, but wasn't... I mean, Perlman's really old anyway. I mean, no offense to him. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. Sarah, like, I remember my wife really loved that character, too. And I was like, oh, she's not going to like him. I love Perlman, though. And, but then she's like, he was funny. I was like, oh, yeah, he was. And he survived the end, too. I thought he got ate by the uh, the kaiju, but he didn't. But, I mean, he did, but he survived. He lost his shoe or something. Or, was it gun or shoe? I think it was his shoe. It was his shoe, yeah, because he, he dresses classy. Kind of like what Charlie Day does in the new movie. Yeah, which I thought was really, really cool. Uh, well, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jerk. For Boyega. And Boyega produced the film, too. Well... I listened to Nerdist, and he said that he... Well, again, I didn't listen to all of it yet, but I'm halfway through, but he's talking about how his production company came in, and he was involved with every step of the production once he came on board. But that's as far as we got into the interview. We, me, got with the interview. But he's like, yeah, it's like, how many people do you got in there? Well, I have about three or four. But, yeah, I, man, I would have loved Charlie Hunnam in there or something, but... Uh, oh yeah, he was doing good choice, Charlie. King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Okay, Wikipedia—that's what Wikipedia says currently. That's why I was reading that off. Yeah, because it, it says a notable absence from the cast was Charlie Hunnam, who could not join the project because of his scheduling conflicts with King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. But I mean, either or, had well, then they're nuts because that still wasn't good choice. That's sad. I mean, dude, your passion project can wait. If you've waited this long, you can wait a little bit longer. 
I mean, I mean, because I'm going to. That's oh, that's true. Touche, touche. Well, wasn't that a holdback? Wasn't King Arthur a holdback from something else? Like, yeah, because it was shelved. Okay, why can't Guy Ritchie do good films that don't star Robert Downey Jr. anymore? Oh, jeez. Hello, Wikipedia. Tell me more. Casting, filming, uh, Excalibur, helmed by Brian Singer, and then would have starred Kit Harrington and Joel Kinner. I remember that casting, and then they shit-canned it. It, it, they don't say who the other the second director is. Fuck you, Wikipedia. If for this endeavor, they hired a third director, Guy Ritchie, who himself attempted to make a King Arthur movie prior to that. Oh, stupid Wikipedia. Anyway, was Elizabeth Olsen in that too? No, she was originally cast in it as Guinevere. And then she got... But Jude Law's in it, and that's not a bad thing. I like Jude Law. He's usually good in Guy Ritchie movies. Well, anyway, that was a weird rabbit hole of Wikipedia-ness that just occurred. But yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Pacific Rim Uprising. I, okay, so, by the way, the kaiju thing, we kind of lightly danced around it. So, Charlie Day's character is Newt. He's being controlled by the precursors the whole time. And he legitimately has been... Time. True. But he... It, but you kind of realize, too, that the precursor side of him has been slipping in into the new Jaegers. Uh, the Shao Corporation is trying to do a drone program, which will kind of make the Jaegers obsolete. And that's the... Right, which is really, really clever writing. And uh, you realize that the, the backdoor into, into Charlie Day's new character led to the backdoor into all the drones, which was... They, they're, what, they're Jaeger brains, that then, when they get the, the command, they take over the whole body, and, yeah. Which was really, really cool, and really awesome, and, again, when you watch the movie, you're just like, oh, geez, it's just, yay, someone build another, because that's the thing that's kind of nice to the world build on, which is, all the building, people are building their own Jaegers now, because for the most part, the Jaeger system, for the most part, is kind of not really needed anymore. They closed the rim, so there's no need for it. And that's how the movie kind of starts, with the one girl building her own Jaeger. Right, which is dangerous for, for people, because then people get hurt. And so he also creates this other thing, though, that I, I thought was going to heal them, but they're almost like nanobites. To the kaiju, they're nanobites. To us, they're like probably, what, five-foot-tall weird spider creatures. And they help fuse all three of these kaiju together to this one gigantic badass beast... Yes, which is... Yes, it was so cool. Yeah. No, it doesn't, and it was kind of clever, too, in that regard, too, because that's not what you thought. Like, again, watching the trailer, you're just like, Jesus, they hit it, and then it heals itself into this bigger, badder thing. And you're like, I mean, that thing must have been taking a beating before they could kill it, and then it mutated. And you're watching the movie, the movie itself, and you're like, that's not what happens. This is way cooler than what actually happens in the trailer, or what they make you think in the trailer. And thank God for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought they were controlled by, like, like what, five or ten scientists in their base or something. Oh, no, you're right, you're right. And, yeah, because it killed all of them. They're, they did show one shot of the lab where there was, like, multiple guys, and when they all started, the drones all started mutating into the Jaeger, uh, the Kaiju Jaegers, they... Oh, yeah, they're so... Damn, okay. Mm-hmm. 
with a precursor brain. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good point. That's a good starting point. That's, and that would explain how they could possibly get Charlie Day out because he gets captured by the end. Yeah. That's. But but here's the thing. I mean, with Boyega, I don't know if they would. Which makes me say, I think the, the the kids cast would probably jump at the chance to do that, which I'd be fine with. Yeah. Well, do you think? I I kind of feel like there's a part of me that would want that wants to believe that was it was it it's Burn Gorman the who plays Gottlieb, Gottlieb. And I I, I kind of feel like him and Day would possibly return. I don't. I mean, I, I feel like Charlie Day's would be way more open to return than Eastwood or Boega, and that's okay. So I watched the first part of the Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling, and Gary writes about Harvey Corman for like a hot second, and it led to again. It ended up not being what I thought it was going to be about, but it made me go down another wormhole on YouTube about Harvey Corman, which is Corman wanted to be the star of his own vehicle, and so he left the Carol Burnett show, and then he regretted doing that because. People always saw him as the second banana. It doesn't mean that he wasn't funny, that he wasn't good, but he had a, it took him a long time to get over the fact that I'm either good in a large group of people or in a two-man team. No one will ever just come out to see Harvey Corman as Harvey Corman. It's just not what's going to happen. And all he had was his work, which led that, that's the part that led into the Gary Shandling part, which was Gary, uh, Harvey, cold, Harvey told him that all he had in life was his work, and he's not happy. And so, so that led Gary down the questioning path of what is happiness, and, and not to say he wasn't already doing that already, but it, it, it's something he wrote about, and it bothered him a great deal. And I kind of feel like there's some actors that if they can get to that place where they're okay with being second banana, like they're, they're a character actor, I feel that's way better for them as a career choice, because then I feel like they'll, they just keep doing the movies like that, and they keep getting parts that... Because at the end of the day, you can still get a great following doing roles like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wyatt Ru oh, is that the son of Kurt Russell? Okay. I I don't think I... Like, what other stuff has he been in? Like, I don't... Wyatt... Uh, hold on. No, I saw the trailer. It's with um uh, Audrey Plaza, right? Okay, because I keep seeing the trailer for it, and it's one of those things where I want to see it, and then I something just goes, I don't know, I, I don't know. I, I, get, I, get, I just get weird cold feet about movies, like indie movies now. I don't know why. Okay. He was in Cowboys and Aliens? What? That's what... We, I'm reading Wikipedia real quick because I just saw a picture of him and was like, I kind of don't... I, I'm, not, I'm not aware of him as I probably should be. But, um, yeah, Ingrid Goes West, Table 19, Shimmer Lake, Goon, Last of the Enforcers. And then he has, was it Blaze and Overlord coming out this year? What's, what's table 19? I'm checking this now. It's, oh, no, yeah, I did want to see that. Um, with Anna Kendrick, Craig Robinson, where they're all on table 19 at the wedding. Yeah, I did. I know, I remember I wanted to see that a good deal. Is he like the love interest for, what's her name? Oh, he's the guy getting married. Okay. Okay, well, I, I, no, the problem is I'm going to want to read the synopsis. I'm going to get away from that page real quick. That, okay, okay, I kind of, okay, I'm, he was also, again, 22 Jump Street. He played the role of Zook. I don't remember that. Well, I didn't remember. He has. I, I can kind of see that now. Folk hero and funny guy. Ingrid goes west. Table 19. Shimmer like. Uh, yeah, so that sounds like his career. Yes. Yeah, which, man. I mean, well, and he was a former hockey player. That's what his, his thing says. So, which I didn't know. 
But, um, oh, I do like uh, in Soldier, he played uh, a young version of Kurt Russell, which I thought was really interesting and, and weird for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, I do like that he was a drug PSA stone teenager in the, in the movie High School, as per Wikipedia here. Yeah, role, drug PSA stone teenager. Uh, we are. Uh, matter of fact, we, yeah, I know. Well, that's, yeah. We, we should just really call this uh, Pacific Rim Rabbit Hole, a.k.a. Pacific Rim Uprising. But what else? I mean... Because the movie isn't bad, it's not. It's not again. The, it's not as good as the first one, but it's it's just a it's just a really decent movie with a lot of great stuff in. That's true. Yeah. Well, I remember when we were when we saw each other Saturday morning, uh, before we all both saw the film. You, your, uh, the impression I got from you was like, "This will not be a great movie. We will probably." And I'm not gonna lie. Right when you said that, I was like, "Oh, now I'm worried. I'm not gonna like it." And so I guess maybe that helped me lower my expectations a bit. But And I walked out going, not as good as the first one, but I really enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed the movie. I would gladly see it again. And I do wonder how I would stack up a second time seeing it in the theater, especially with that long intro, because now I wonder if I would go, oh, okay, I, I, I know what, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, does it really? Well, then, shit. Yeah. Well, I also... Felt like Charlie, like John Boyega's character Pentecost was like he was trying to be too cool because it showed him partying with all the women or whatever, and I was like, Boyega wanted this scene in here for sure. Well, they kind of go into how the state of the world is is like you have to barter to survive. But granted, and they don't really make it super clear that he's gone outside. The, the reason he's doing the bartering though is because he got kicked out of. And again, I get the mystery. They wanted some mystery behind that, but they don't talk about. Like how disgraced, well, they do eventually do the, you're a disgraced pilot and blah, 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 which, uh, weird dialogue, but, but I don't know, like, it wasn't very clear, like, the, like, I felt like, cause I remember, I was like, is the whole world going to shit now? Like, is everyone barring with everybody because, they, I mean, yeah, they killed the, they killed the kaiju? Like, that's weird to me, and it's like, oh no, it's mostly people who are homeless or just that are not, whatever, they're, they're just in the weird situation that he's in per se. Yeah, which, that didn't bother me as much, but it, it threw me off for a second, but, oh, y yeah, yeah, like, maybe, or maybe just start off with him, uh, I mean, I hate, man, and I hate this trope now, too, but if you play, if you do it right, you can do the whole thing where he's sneaking onto the base and goes, do the whole, um, so, this is my day, and what, what they do it in Thor, Ragnar Ragnarok, you make fun of like make fun of the trope, kind of like they do, and then and then do the flashback, and then it just feels, and then keep cutting back and forth. I don't know something. They, there's just so many different. Um, you mean in the, in the trailer, like, or just in? Oh no no no! Yeah yeah yeah! I think it was the the last one, the the Jurassic World, where it's the very beginning of the movie. Uh, yeah, you see this foot land, and you realize it's a crow's foot. And you pan out, and it's at the house of the family or something. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah, I agree. Which, that... See, yeah, I agree. That would have been way better. Yeah, which, that would be... Oh, man. That, again, that would be... That would be way cooler than how they ended it up. I mean, yeah, because... Yeah. Oh, man. I I agree. 
I agree 100% with that. Right. Or, I mean, I, there's other ways they could have done some of that. And even if it, again, it would have been just as cheesy as some of it was in the movie anyway. But you could have had other characters regurgitate that. Because that's usually what happens in a movie. The other characters do the typical, especially in, in a big action movie like this. Usually it's the other character, a, a general of some sort, or Mako, whoever, is just going, your, your father saved the day ten years ago. He died saving the world. And you got kicked out or whatever. Pilot, Mako, whatever your name is. You know. That, yeah, so you don't... You know, see, actually, yeah, so they could have just cut that shit out. I, well, I feel like they just wanted to show that shot of, of what's-his-name, of Iris Elba as Pentecost, where you go, I liked him. He gave me good feelings from the first movie. And then, and then you're like, oh, it's not him. Well, yeah, well, thanks to Crispin Glover. But yes, yeah, they totally do. But, you know, and I'm, look, he's probably like, I'll make some sweet money. I don't because he's Australian now, apparently, in my version. He, uh, he's like, I'll make some sweet money. Uh, thanks. I, I, I like that. Um, well, I mean, they did use Australia in this movie, like, in particular, which I like that because they did a nod to that in Godzilla Final Wars, where Godzilla killed Gino, the American Godzilla. Godzilla in name only is what they call him in Japan, Gino. Like, he hits him with his tail and breathes fire on him, and, the, and Gino just blows up and kills him, like, five seconds. Yeah, that's the uh, the really bad one. Um, yeah, that's why they. it's really funny. They call him Godzilla in name only, and I was like, that. yeah, it really is kind of... But, uh, oh, is, is Wheeler a huge Zilla fan? Huge. Oh, man. That would... I should get him and do the, uh, we do the next Godzilla movie then, because I, I really... Well, man, like, what, okay... I like. I thought Kong Scotland was okay. It was way better than it deserved to be, in general. Like for, but the Godzilla I liked a lot just because. Well, it had a lot of problems, but like, they rebuilt the. True. Well, I felt like Godzilla. Like, here's the thing. Like, if you look at Peter Jackson's King Kong, you can tell it's a passion project. But and the problem is, is that every character has a well-told arc in that. And to me, I like that because. I like well-told arcs. Is it long as shit? Yes. And that is a problem. But I walk away going, every character in that movie had a really good arc for the most part. The only one that I didn't like was Colin Hanks, but I, apparently it got cut out because it was already too long. And I'm like, well, no, no, I, whatever. I, I would like to see that version of the movie someday probably. But I, I walked away going, well, I walked out giving a shit about the monkey I cared about every single character in that film, especially hating Jack Black, which is, I think was the point. And Godzilla, it's just like, remember that last time Godzilla showed up in American theaters that wasn't a Japanese movie and you hated it? Well, we need to get that goodwill back because I think people in general like Godzilla, but they don't like everything else. And then it's like, and then when you watch it again, you're just like, oh, all the human stuff for the most part sucks. But the buildup of Godzilla was amazing and and I feel like, so, my worry, though, is is that they said they want to try to do something similar because it's a budget issue. And that worries me a bit because you're going to have, like, four monsters. Like, was it Mothra, Rodan, King Ghidorah, and Godzilla? And you're going to not have them in the movie as much? And I'm like, ooh, that, that's not going to work as well. I mean, because the first one was all about building it up to look, you know, make, it, make the last bit of the movie. It's like Jaws. You don't see the shark until the end. I don't think that's going to work this time. But... Sorry, weird Godzilla nerd moment. But, but hey, it's, it ties in because they're kaiju, which that threw me off, too. When I was younger, I found Godzilla was a kaiju. I was like, what's a kaiju? It's like, oh, no, it's a gigantic monster that attacks cities. And I was like, 
Yeah, and I wonder if that was done for time, because they spent so much time doing that fucking intro. I... Yeah, yeah. Okay, did you think that the eight, the Russian chick got killed when the monster snapped that in half? Oh, like, like she went like down as in she died, or like she ejected out? Oh, yeah, I, I kind of did too. And then when she shows up, I was like, Yay, lady, you survived. I didn't think that happened, but okay. Well, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in terms of the Jaeger fight. Yeah, you're right, because the rest of them all died. Yeah. Can, can we also point out the, the trope they did not do, which is they didn't put the Russian chick and the one girl that Boyega found together? Because I thought that's totally what they were going to build to, is they were going to have to pair together and drift together to drive a Jaeger, and I'm so glad. And they technically they did, but not really. Um, and yeah, and but and I was just like, thank God though they really didn't have to work on that. My now I will say my only complaint that my wife had was she's like that girl can not can barely do a, a giant Jaeger. She can't drift with anyone but Boyega, and even then she's having difficulty. But then at the end she just is able to. Like they don't ever show her officially getting over that hump. She just does it because she needs to. And I was like, and, and she's just like, that kind of sucked. I was like, you're not wrong. I wasn't thinking of that while it was happening because I was like, monster fight, yay. But she's not wrong. I, I kind of wish. I mean, but again, I'm thinking something got deleted. I'm thinking I'm. I I don't know. Well, oh man, see that's the thing. As I just said with King Kong, I'm fine for a longer movie, but I also really like the monsters. So I, I don't, I don't know. That's but again, if they could just cut out more of the intro, I'd be a happy man. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You really didn't. Well, again, I think the the throwing in of the Jaeger was a nice twist on things because yeah. And then when you saw that it was the kaiju second kaiju brain in there, and you're just like, what the fuck? And and then and then right when that happened, I was like, oh, so we're gonna fight Jaegers in this movie? Maybe is it a flashback? But then when they have the kaiju show up anyway, officially, you're just like, oh, even better, yes. But then I was just like, wait, there's only like what four Jaegers and three three Jaegers and a whole bunch of drones, and this is gonna be a not fair fight. And then and then it becomes a fair fight. But oh, it was so I yeah, the I really enjoyed it. Yeah, they did. Right, and and the last two kind of feed into each other. Like it's almost like a like the the prologue, and then you get to the main battle, and then the epilogue to everything is Charlie Day, uh, John Boyega giving that kind of weird speech to Charlie Day, like "We're not done. We're gonna take you out, um, whatever it takes." And I'm just like, an excellent. Well, it, 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 here's the thing: it is cool that he did it. But you're not wrong at all in any way, shape, or form. It's just like I gotta, I got brain damage, but I gotta climb up these stairs, move both legs, and focus. Or I mean, because the grand, I think it would have been funnier too. He knocked him out, said his ass and badass, you know, side character movie action movie line, and then he goes, "Oh, I have wounds," and passes out or, or something, you know, just because it's like, oh, I I climbed a flight of stairs, and and I, yeah. But, I mean, I would gladly see this movie again outside. Again, I think the biggest part was the intro for time, and they, just, they could have done that better. And I think that would have started the movie off, for me, way better into going, yes, John Boyega, Harrison Ford movie star, which is how you felt, though. I feel like if they would have done that, I think that would, maybe would have fixed it for me. I'm ex 
See, that's good. I, I think that just threw it off for me, and that's all I was thinking of. That's the only thing I can think of, because I do like Boyega. Like, I think he's a charming... I mean, a lot of people who even enjoy the, the new Star Wars movies, they don't... They feel Finn is the weaker character, and I'm like, I like Finn. I think he does a good... I like Boyega. It's because of Boyega. Uh, you know, he adds a nice little charm to the character. I mean, because he doesn't get to talk as much. I, it's, it has to be through the charisma of the actor, and I feel Boyega brings it, so... Well, that's all we have for this episode of The Good, The Bad, and Geeky. Um, you can check out... We did, and, and and tons of other stuff, too. You can check out Eric's stuff at ericsternberger.com, right? Yep. You can check out s- sketches and uh, one of my more... I haven't read them in a bit, but w- I, when you post them, I, I tend to enjoy it. It's uh, what, how I would have done it differently. Oh, that was the last one. Okay, see, I didn't see that one yet. I saw the uh, one for Alien and uh, Fantastic Four are some of my are the ones I've read, and they're, again, really good. Yeah, so... Oh, okay, well, there. see, there you go. So, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there you, if he ever decides to do one for his blog, guys, you're getting it here first. Early thoughts on how he would uh, do that. So, um, but if not, it's on the podcast here, which gave for you. So, uh, again, ericsternberger.com. Links will be in the show notes. And uh, if you like our show, subscribe, email us, goodbaggeeky at gmail.com, Twitter us at goodbaggeeky, and... Uh, Eric, thank you, and thank you all for listening. Get out of here with that cheese! You're a creep! Go away! We're having a good time until you start up, cheapers! Uh, go have some coffee with cream or something! Because I'll tell you something! This is a happy place! <laughs>